Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. Isaiah 9 and 6. Amen. I've told you this is my favorite time of the year to preach because this is the, this is the theme of everything. Uh, that, that, and so over the next uh, couple of services, you're probably going to hear a lot of overlapping scriptures and, and themes, but this is a great time of the year. Amen. Hallelujah. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. <clears throat> I, I know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. But this is set aside to celebrate his birth and, and this time of the year. I'm not even sure what, see, what month it was. doesn't matter. We're celebrating his birth. Amen. And so this is a great, great time. Amen. Isaiah 9 and 6 said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You can be seated. I'm, I titled my lesson today, That Great Name. Hallelujah. That great name. Go with me now to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Again, another very familiar passage of Scripture. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Amen. I don't know in, uh, any other name like that name. No other name like that name. We've, I, I've preached about it. I mean, I've, I've talked about it. Uh, I, I've, 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 I've prayed about it. I've used that name. There is no other name like the name of Jesus. You know, I, 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 uh, when I, I come to this, these passages of Scripture that I read to you, first of all, two different passages in uh, in Isaiah, and then another passage here in Matthew. Isaiah says in, in Isaiah 9, and he said his name shall be called. But Isaiah doesn't really use the, the, the name per se as much as he does the description of the name. And he, he talks about uh, what the name is. His, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so he uses the, the descriptive terms of that name. But let me say this, I just touches on briefly on, on 
the power or the description of the name of Jesus. It's more encapsulated in the Word of God. If you go through the Scriptures and, and read every place where the Bible refers to uh, a, a, a title that God used or that um, described God, there are literally hundreds of them in the Bible. And so Isaiah just kind of taps into it just a little bit here. And, and, and then uh, when God speaks to Mary and He speaks to Joseph and confirms that name, He says, you're going to name Him Jesus. And this is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy in 714 where he says, His name shall be called Emmanuel. And that literally means God with us. Amen. God's not sending somebody else. God came to be with us. Amen. But the name of Jesus has so much power in it. I... I'll tell you, I, I've said this before, but I can't, I can't say it too much. I have had to use that name, not in vain, but because of the power of that name, at, at times when I knew that there was uh, uh, nothing else to say, nothing else. I didn't have time to pray a prayer. I didn't have time to, to you know, get down on my knees or go into my closet of prayer. I just had, I needed Him right now. Amen. I remember one time, Years and years and years ago, when I was driving, and uh, I may have shared this here, I'm not sure, I'm getting older, so I, you have to just kind of give me a little latitude there. But uh, I, I remember I was driving by myself in the car, and uh, I, I, uh, I came on a, a situation, and it was just an, an immediate situation where I thought I was going to be hit by another car. And I just, I just literally screamed out the name Jesus. I don't, I, to this day, don't know what happened, but nothing happened. Because when I said it, there should have been an impact and there wasn't. I mean, this has happened time and time again. Uh, I, when my wife and I had that bicycle accident that particular day, I was coming, I was going down off that trail fast. I didn't have time to say, I didn't have time to pray. Didn't have, <clears throat> in fact, I think that's why my wife had an accident. Because I screamed again to the top of my lungs, Jesus! And when I did... I went off that trail and hit a tree head on, went all over the bike handles and hit that tree head on. Split the helmet in two. If I, if I hadn't had a helmet on, I wouldn't be standing here today. But the name of Jesus, that instant, amen. So we still had the accident, yeah, but it could have been a whole lot worse. Amen. I'm, there, is, there are times, and probably in some of your lives, <clears throat> when you don't have time to... To, to pray, I mean, it, you, it's not time for a prayer meeting. You don't have, but you don't. Let me tell you something. There is so much power packed into that one name, into that. When you just say Jesus, there is an incredible amount of power packed in that. And so when Isaiah prophesies about the name, and then Joseph and Mary use that name to finally put that onto that child, I don't even know if all of them realized the power that they were giving to us through that name that they were giving. Amen. Now, I understand also that in a lot of cultures, there are still people that use that name. Uh, in the Hispanic culture, they'll name a child Jesus. Uh, the Jewish culture still uses the name somewhat. In the Italian culture, a, a lot of different, the Latin cultures will use the name. But it's just a name to them. There is a power that's in that name. Now, we know that, that the name that we use, Jesus, is not the original name. It was... Uh, Yahweh or uh, something along that line in, in the Hebrew or the Greek, uh, but it's adapted into our culture and, and we use the name of Jesus. 
But when God gave that name, it wasn't just a name. There, the Bible says that God has given them a name that's above every name. Above every name. Uh, there is something about, you know, I, I've heard people say, well, why do you focus so much attention on the name? Well, because God did. It was a powerful representation of God. Everything that God is, is encapsulated in that name. And when we call on the name of Jesus, we're literally tapping into all of the power, the reserves of power that God has. Amen. It's incredible. So there is no name like that. Paul said, and I just quoted a portion of this, but let me read it to you from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Paul said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. In other words, Paul's just simply saying that Jesus was the form that God chose to take upon himself. And so therefore he, he didn't think it was robbery to be equal with God because he was God. Amen. He was taking, he was the form of God. And then he says in verse 8, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now listen to this. Wherefore God hath also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now listen, uh, that is so incredible. He said God gave him a name, that at the name of it, it's a, that name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Everything has to bow at the name of Jesus. Every tongue confesses at the name of Jesus. Of things in heaven and things in earth, the name of Jesus invokes power wherever it is at. Amen. Wherever it's used, he said, every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is glory. Or Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no name that can do that. You know, I can invoke my name. You can invoke your name. But it doesn't mean much at all. I'm a Dwayne Bollinger. You do this. But that, you're going to laugh. I mean, people would just literally laugh. But there is something about invoking the name of Jesus Christ in a situation or over, over uh, 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 you know, in an authority. When you need authority over something. I, I've done this where I felt like the... The, the enemy was closing in on a certain, in a territory or into a family or in our family or in a situation. I've invoked the name of Jesus many times. I say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The name of Jesus is against you. Amen. And I invoke the power that's in the name of Jesus. There is, when you're doing that, you're tapping into all the power. He said, every knee in, in heaven and earth will bow at the name of Jesus. Every knee, every knee. There's not a demon in hell or a, on the face of this earth that can stand up under the, against the power of the name of Jesus. There is so much power that's in that name. I'm thankful for the name. Amen. It's not just a name. Names come and names go. Amen. It's not just a name. When you, when you think you've heard all the names that, that you can hear, then somebody comes up with a new one. I, um, I've said this before, but there are a lot of thick books that that are printed specifically for those that can't find a name for their baby. I mean, you can go to the, to the bookstore and there's literally, there's thick, big, thick books with just all kinds of names in there that you could name your child. Uh, and, and, you know, some of the names that I've heard, I, can't, I, I wonder where they came up with names at. You know, it seems like the, 
the farther we go, the more wild people's imagination gets when it comes to names. Um, and, and some of those people forget that those kids have to live with that name the rest of their life. But um, all kinds of names, just thousands of names. But there is no name like the name Jesus. Never like the name. What a name. The, uh, the name of Jesus, when, when it's just said, there's something about it. Now, uh, when you talk, I know the world uses, they, they say Jesus and they use it. Many people use it just as a swear word. They do. I, I've heard people just blurt out, you know, Jesus Christ as if it's a, it's a byword or a swear word. It makes my skin crawl every time I hear that. It just, I, I, I cringe when I hear people doing that because they don't understand the power that's in the name. The, the, but when that name is used, it literally, it ties, and I just read to you from what Paul said in Philippians there, chapter 2, it ties all the power uh, from God into that moment. He said in heaven or, or, or on earth. It, it ties all the power, wherever that name is used, it ties all the power of that name to that moment. I don't know if you're, if you're, if you're hearing what I'm saying. When you use the name of Jesus, the same power that... That when God said, let there be light, is in that moment that you use that name. Amen. When, when the, the same power that Jesus used when he called Lazarus out of the tomb is in that moment. The same power that was there when Jesus walked on water was, is in that moment when you call on the name. So you are not just saying Jesus as a name. It's, 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 the, it's a, 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 res, a reserve or a, res, a reservoir of power that you're tapping into for the moment that you need it. Amen. When you pray, you do that in the name of Jesus. When we baptize, we do it in the name of Jesus we're, because we're bringing everything to bear upon that moment that the, the, the power of the name in that moment, there is nothing like it. Amen. And it, has a, it puts an emphasis upon whatever's taking place there. Now, when uh, it, the disciples realized this very early, First of all, you have to remember, and I'm going I'm to touch on this more it, it, later on in this lesson, but when Jesus said, uh, or Peter, who do you say that I am? He, he had asked them, who do men say that I am? And then and he looks at Simon Peter, and Peter, or the disciples had said, well, some say you're the Christ, some say you're this, some you're this prophet, that prophet, you're this, you're that. He, he looks at Simon, and he said, well, who do you say that I am? Paul, or Simon said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who you are. And he said, uh, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. He said, but the Spirit of God revealed this to you. He said that upon this rock, upon this confession, upon the, the, the power of your confession, I'm going to build the house. In fact, he told Peter, he said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so when Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and preaches, and he says to them, they, they, you know, he's talking to them about their sinful condition, how they had crucified the Lord of glory. They said, what do we need to do? And Peter said, I'll tell you what you need to do. Now, this always amazes me because Peter had never preached a message in his life. Didn't know how to preach. In fact, there had never been an apostolic message preached, ever. But Peter starts preaching under the anointing of God. And when, he's, when he does, he says, I'll tell you what you need to do, men and brethren. You need to repent. And you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or removal of your sins. 
you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But notice what he says. He does not leave out the, the power of the name. He's going back to what Jesus said just a little while before that. And I'm going to get into this in a little bit. But so the, the disciples realized early on the power in the name. So we go to Acts chapter 4 and we see here a confrontation take place. In Acts 4 and 1, it said, As they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid hands on them, or they just grabbed a hold of them, put them in hold until the next day. They put them into a jail cell or a prison cell until the next day, because it was evening time. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men were about, was about 5,000. Came to pass on the morrow that their rulers, elders, and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. They've got this mob of, of uh, Jewish men there that were the leaders and the, all the high mucky mucks of, Jeru uh, of Jerusalem. They're all gathered there. And, and they've got these, you know, I, I can only imagine what it must have felt like because these the men that that grabbed Peter and John, these two men that were following Jesus, the, the, the men that, that took them in, and put them into prison, they were, the, they were the society of that day. They were, I mean, they were educated. It would be like you going in and sitting with a, a panel of 70 or so uh, leaders from, that had been trained in Harvard and, and Cambridge and, you know, all of these high up level colleges and you're sitting there with with men with doctorates and, and uh, you know all the, I mean these were the scholars these were the high men of that day and they looked down upon Peter and John because they knew what level they were they these guys were just fishermen that's all they were they they were not educated they were crude men they were men that had come from uh from now this wasn't John the Baptist this was John that had been called away from the nets Two men that had, you know, relatively, I'm sure they had a little bit of education because the Jews really placed great emphasis on training up their children uh, in their own homes and, in, in a, you know, in an education system. But there was a place where these men had stopped their education, where others had gone way beyond them. And so now we've got two men, two uh, very uneducated men, uh, uh, compared to the men that were in the room there with them, and it, by all accounts, probably about 70, 60, 70, or 80 men sitting there in the room with them, all gathered together with two men. Why are you getting in such a stir? These guys are just two men that aren't even educated. But they've got them in there, and they're, they, they're, they're mad at them. I mean, there's things happening here in, in Jerusalem that have never happened before. They've got thousands of people now converting to this Christianity and and believing in Jesus, and, and what are we going to do? We just crucified him just a few days ago. What are we going to do about this? So they've got him there. You've got to get this picture. They're sneering down their noses at these two men. We're better than you. We know more than you. We, we have more education than you. I mean, we know the law. We've studied the law to the letter. We can quote it. We know, and, and so you, if you get this picture in your mind, you have to, in order to really understand what's going on here, you have to get it. You got these two lowly fishermen here and all these high level educated men sitting there, okay? So they're all there. And when they set these two men in the midst, in verse number 
7, they said, they asked them this question. They said, by what power? <laughs> or, or I don't know what, I, I think God just put these words in their mouth. Because why else would you say something like this? By what power or by what name have you done this? And I like what the Bible says here in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here, here before you. Now, I just really like that. I mean, Peter just calls him out. He said, you guys crucified Jesus. But it's the name. You ask me the question, I'm going to answer the question. You said, by what name? Well, I'll tell you, we did it in Jesus' name. Because if you go back and read how this happened, when Peter and John were going to the temple, it, it, they said, we don't have any silver and gold, but, but what we have, we're going to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So Peter was able to testify. He said, it's by the name of Jesus that this man's standing before you whole. You crucified him, but his, you, you couldn't kill his power. It's the power of that name that, that he's standing here before you whole. And he said, this is the stone that was set at naught of you builders. Jesus, the name of Jesus, which has become the head of the corner. And then Peter says, he just feels this boldness come on him. And he just goes on and he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby men must be saved. Or what, whereby we must be saved. Amen. They're in prison for preaching and doing miracles in the name of Jesus. And when they're set in the midst of all these educated uh, relig religious men, these leaders, these men that have all the doctorates and all the law degrees, and they're the, they're the scribes, they're the men that know it all. And these two men that don't know anything said, guess what, you ask us a question, we're not afraid to answer. We, this man standing in the temple before you whole as, by the power of the name of Jesus. And he said, and furthermore, you killed him. And furthermore, there's nobody that can be saved other than through the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. You need, you need to imagine how much Satan fears the name of Jesus. He does everything in his power to try to eradicate the use of it. Amen. Verse number 12 stands out so forcefully as Peter begins to expound upon the power of that name. He said, neither is there salvation in any other name. You can you can call any name you want to. You've got all the prophets at your disposal. You've got Moses and Abraham at your disposal and Isaac and Jacob. Call on their names. But there is no name that can save you like the name of Jesus. Amen. And so he, he, he preaches about that. Amen. There, there's, you know, we can say anything we want. You know, I've known a lot of great men in my life. I've, I've, I grew up in the, in the United Pentecostal Church. My dad was a preacher when I, I mean, when my, I was born, I was born into a preacher's home. And I've, I've grown up in, in the UPCI and uh, I, I've known a lot of great, 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 great preachers. I mean, I, I've, my dad, you know, he was an old timer. If he was, if dad was alive, he'd be over a hundred now. And he grew up around, with some of the greats. 
and uh, I, I mean, I, I watched these men. They were they, they were my heroes. I mean, I I I I, I sat under their their preaching and listened to their teaching and and they were my heroes but let me tell you something those men have died and gone on we still remember some of their names i mean there was names like kilgore and pew and and urshan and you know names that were great men but i'm telling you something they were just men they just they've died and gone on to their reward and we don't invoke their name over situations now we uh, i'll quote from some of their 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 uh, theology and and some of the things that they taught but they're just men but when we, when we think about the, the, the power that's in the name, Jesus', Jesus name, he went into the grave and came back out of the grave. And, and, and if we believe what the word of God says, <clears throat> he, Jesus said when he stood in front of Lazarus' tomb, and I believe he said this for a reason, because he said, uh, he's not dead, he's sleeping. So in other words, you can't even kill, you didn't even kill Jesus. He, he shed his blood, went into a tomb, but three days later he woke up and took him, took him, uh, up his life again and walked out of that tomb. Amen. And he was, is resurrected. So there is, he, he, the name lasts. It, it still, it's significant. It still keeps going on and keeps reaching out and keeps touching. Amen. Uh, there is no other name like the name. And he said that name can actually save people's souls. The name of Jesus, he said, that's what Peter said. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So the, the, what an incredible statement. Salvation comes through the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to go to John chapter 1. Uh, John says this, In the beginning was the Word, in, in verse 1 of John chapter 1, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The word, when he uses uh, that word there, it means logos, uh, or it comes from the Greek word logos, and it means uh, something said, or, uh, uh, or even including the thought of, of that. It's a divine expression or the completed work. So I want to read this now with that in mind. Remember, the, the, the word of God was the thought of God or the expression of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, the thought process, the the expression of God, all things into existence, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, in the Word, in the thought process of God was life, and the life was the light of men. Remember when God spoke and, and things happened, but He also breathed into the man's nostrils that He created the breath of life, and that man became a living soul. So that Word in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. John didn't want to, he didn't want to boast here, but he's writing about himself here. He said, the same came for a witness, or he's, or I'm sorry, John's writing about John the Baptist that came, and he's, he's saying, that same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, the light. The expression, the Logos, the Word. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, the Logos, the expression of God, 
the thought of God, everything that God was, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld, we saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Whew! I, I still struggle when I think about how people try to separate God from His humanity. Amen. It said the word of my mouth. It, you hear it, it's gone. It, I, I say a word, it's here and gone. But the difference between my word and, and what this is saying, <clears throat> my word, the words that I speak are just, that's my vocabulary. You just hear it and it's out of here. But the logos that it's speaking about here, and I'm not Greek, so don't, I'm, don't, I'm not trying to impress you, but I'm, you have to understand the fullness of what he's saying here. The Logos, or the expression and the thought of God. Everything that, that God was, was encapsulated in that Word. And he said that Word, all, of the, all that God was, all the expression of God, the thoughts of God, God's dreams, patterns, plans, everything, became flesh and dwelt among us. Started living down here on this earth among men. And the Bible said, we beheld His glory. Whose glory? We saw the glory of God. Amen. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of, God, of, God, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Everything that God was, we got to look at. Amen. John bare witness of Him in verse 15 and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. John just came to talk about the one that was going to come. He was the forerunner or the one that would, He was like the one that heralded the, the prince of, of, of princes and the king of kings and the lord of lords and the and the, the the mighty God in Christ and all John came to talk about the one that was to come he said I just bear witness of him and of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ listen to this no man hath seen God at any time the only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father he hath declared him that literally means that be prior to the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem of Judea, prior to, to, to this flesh, uh, what John said here, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, prior to that, nobody had ever seen God. Now, throughout the Old Testament, there were times uh, that angels would appear. The Bible talks about in different times, and I'm not going to dwell a lot on this. Maybe we could do that at another time, but he talked... They're referred to as theophanies. It's almost like a projection of God. Or, or, or if you could, uh, uh, if you could take uh, somehow or another and 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 project God onto something, God would show up in 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 the plains of Mamre as an angel of the Lord when He speaks to Abraham. And other times when God shows up and speaks, and the Bible says talks about the angel of the Lord. Many times it's referring to, but this was just a, a projection so that God could speak to, to a man and, and face to face and talk to him. Moses had the opportunity. The Bible says he spoke with God face to face. Moses, in fact, said God, to God, let me see you. And God said, I can't, you can't see me. He said, nobody's ever looked upon me and lived. So he said, I'll tell you what, Moses, I'll do something for you. And he took Moses up on a mountain. And the Bible literally says he tucked him in a rock. In a cleft of a rock, there's a crack in the in the face of the of the cliff there, and God stuck Moses back in there, and He said, "Now, now, you, you can't see my face, but you can see my hinder parts when I go past." 
And when Moses looked out, he saw, I don't know what Moses saw. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't describe it. But he saw something that represented part of God. But prior to this, nobody had ever seen God. And so John says in, in, in John chapter 1, verse 18, he said, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of, of, of the Father has, has revealed Him to us. He's declared Him, or we got to see Him in Jesus Christ. When they're talking about the only begotten, He's talking about the form of Jesus. And He said, we got to see God because God came into that flesh. So everything that God is, the thoughts, the, the representation of everything that God is, is represented in the form of Jesus Christ. And we... He declared God to us. He showed us what God is like. Before God was this austere being that was off in space and men heard from Him. In fact, the Israelites, when Moses went up on the mountain, said, we got to back away from here. We can't, we can't stand to look at the, at the glory here. We're going to have to back away. And Moses had spent 40 days in the presence of God, came down, and they literally had to put a veil over Moses' face because the glory of God was so strong upon him they had to cover it up. They couldn't look upon the glory. So before this, nobody's ever seen God. But John said, guess what? We got to see Him in the form of Jesus Christ. No man's seen Him before, but now we've, God's declared Him or God has showed Him to us through the form of Jesus Christ. We're looking upon Him now. We're viewing Him. We get to see what God's really like. He's not an austere God. He loves people. I mean, He hangs out with sinners. I mean, I mean He goes around doing good. We, we can't pin any bad things on Him. And I could read all this down through the rest of this. Uh, I, I don't want to read all of these because I don't have time, but John's preaching in the, in, out there. He's just He's still declaring and talking about the one, the Messiah, and talking about this Jesus and this one that was going to come. And he's preaching out in the wilderness and, and, and he's, he looks up in the 29th verse, he sees Jesus coming toward him. And John says this, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Amen. He said, this is the one that I've talked about. He's, he's, he's coming. Uh, he, he was preferred before me. He's preferred after me. I am just a voice in this wilderness crying out. I'm, I, am, I am nothing but a voice. And he said, that's the Lamb of God. Look at Him. Pay attention to Him. Watch Him. Follow Him. He's your God. He's your Savior. He's your Messiah. John proclaimed this. And he kept preaching. The next day, he's out there. I don't know if God's trying to say, well, listen, John, you just kept on being John. So I'm going to show you again. It said the next day, he's out there still preaching. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he's just he's standing there with two of his disciples, John is, and he said, he looking on Jesus as he walks by, and he says, Behold, look, there's the Lamb of God. Well, you and I may have misunderstood this, but the Jews didn't misunderstand this at all because they knew what the, what the word lamb represents. It's a sacrifice. It's, it, it is something that is sacrificial, and it's, it, it's for uh, the atonement of sins. And when John says this, he's making a clear statement that that... that person that you see walking right there is God's sacrifice for mankind. He is the atonement for our sin. Look at the Lamb of God. There He is right there. Amen. John clearly expresses this. 
And, and, and so in verse 14, he says, he's the, he's the Logos, the expression of God in flesh. Amen. In verse 18, he says, nobody's seen him at any time, but Jesus has showed, uh, Jesus showed us what God looks like. Amen. That word in verse 18, he says, he has declared him. That word literally means, in, in the Greek translated, it means to consider out loud, to unfold or to reveal. Amen. God revealed what he looked like and acted like and what he sounded like and how he would love and all of the other attributes of God. He revealed all of the expression, all of the word of God in Jesus Christ in that form. Amen. Throughout his writings, John very clearly defines who Jesus is. Uh, is many times using the very words that were spoken by Jesus in his he John it, it, he's not plagiarizing he just lifts the words of what what better representation than the words of Jesus himself and so John uses these uh, words of Jesus and puts them into his writing amen in John 14 uh, John was there when this all happened and and you have to remember now we when we use words in John the Baptist was not John that wrote this this book here, okay? John the Baptist was the preacher in the wilderness. This John was the one that ended up on the Isle of Patmos later on. And uh, there was, you know... But this guy, he's writing and, and he's there when Jesus is talking. And so he hears these words and John says, uh, I'm going to put this in my writing in Jesus' own words. John 14 and 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you again unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, this is Jesus' words. John's lifting this from the, from the conversation that Jesus is having, and he puts it into his own writings. Thomas said to him, Lord, I'll go and know the way. And Jesus said to him, John says, listen to this. This is what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And henceforth you know him and have seen him. Now I can tell you right now, you don't know my dad. And if you're looking at me, you still don't know my dad. I can't say, when you see me, you see my Father. Now, there are some similarities, but I can tell you right now, you cannot look at me and, and I can't say, you see, when you see me, you see my Father. What, what Jesus said, this is John using Jesus' own words to describe Jesus in his fullness. And Jesus is saying to, to Thomas, this doubter, Thomas is saying, well, you show, show us the Father and we'll believe. And he said, well, Thomas, you know, here I am when you believe. Look at me. I, Philip said, or, or now Philip, or Philip speaks up and says, this, show us the Father and it, it suffices or it'll satisfy us. And Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and, ha and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? It's, it's like trying to separate me from my spirit and say there's two of us. There's not two of us. He said, I, the Father's in me. That's what's making me lie, alive. That's what makes me breathe. Amen. The, the, the power of, that I do, I, I, or the works that I do, I do it because the Father, the Spirit is dwelling in me. When I speak, I'm speaking not of my own. I'm speaking of the, of the Father, the Spirit that's in me. Amen. So you can't separate the two of us. He said, Philip, when you see me, you've seen the Father. Amen. We go back to what John said. 
the world became flesh and dwelt in that body, amen, of Jesus Christ. Everything was there encapsulated in Him. Amen. He said, I, how sayest then, show us the Father? <coughs> Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. It's not confusing. What he's saying is, you can't, I'm in the Father, the Father said, we're one. It's, it, this is one body with a spirit. You can't separate it out. Amen. If, it, it, the, when the spirit leaves this body, the body, it, it ceases to live. It's done. But that's, the Father's in me and I in the Father. We're, we're intertwined. We're not, we're not two separate beings. He's, Philip's trying to get him to show them a separate being. Show us the Father. He said, I am the Father. When you look at me, you're seeing the Father. I am the expression, the Logos of God. I am everything that God is, all encapsulated in this fleshly form. I can't separate myself from Him, and He can't separate Himself from me. <laughs> in other words, we could say it like this. We are God. <laughs> My spirit, this, this flesh that you see and the spirit that's in me, this is God. I represent all that God is. Amen. He said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He goes on down here. He talks about the Spirit of truth com coming. He said, uh, I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter. Jesus was telling them, I'm going away. And they were scared about that. They didn't know what they were going to do because their lives had changed so drastically. He said, don't worry about it. He said, I'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. <clears throat> but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. you. You've seen me, I'm here with you, but I'm going to be in you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Amen. That, there it is, Jesus' own words. Who are we going to listen to? Jesus himself said, there's going to be a comforter that's going to come to you. And then he gets real clear. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Amen. Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself to us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These words have I spoken unto you, yet being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said, I, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And what Jesus was saying is, right now I'm standing here beside you, but when I come back, it's going to be different. You're going to have more power because I'm going to be in you. The Holy Ghost that, I, that is coming back is going to be in you. Jesus said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. So he, he's making them a promise here. 
He's talking about uh, his, this, what some people call a dual nature. It's God and man combined in one. Amen. God became man and lives in us. So salvation comes through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus uh, spoke to John in, cha- in chapter 3, and, I, and I've got to hurry really quick. But he speaks to, or I'm sorry, Jesus speaks to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus comes in there in this, at night. He doesn't want, he's one of these rulers, one of these mighty men. And he comes in there and he starts talking to Jesus. And he said, I, I, I've been watching you, Jesus. And he said, nobody can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. So he, what he's trying to get Jesus to do is, is I am Christ, I am the Messiah. But Jesus didn't say anything about being the Messiah. He just simply says to, to Nicodemus in the third verse, he says, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus hadn't said anything at all about seeing the kingdom of God. He said, I think you're the Messiah. He said, I, I'm, I'm trying to pin you down here. You know, you're doing all these miracles and, and nobody could do these except, and he said, except... Jesus just, it's like Jesus steps, sidesteps his, his statement a couple of steps, and he says, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And uh, the Nicodemus says, well, you're going that direction, I'll go that direction. He said, how can a man be born if he's old? Can he get into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus, and Jesus said, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see or he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. So Jesus has already taken this man down the road toward salvation. He's saying, you've got to, you've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The water and the Spirit. You've got to have that. Amen. Uh, and then Jesus spoke about the power that had been given him. Uh, you see, sometimes I, I, people get so, they get so disjointed in, in the Scriptures that they forget about the power that's there. And I'm talking to you about the great name, the power that's in the name of Jesus. And, and He's completed His sacrificial work. Jesus has finished. He's resurrected. He's, he's ready to, to ascend back into the heavens. <clears throat> and He comes and meets with His disciples in, in Galilee in Matthew 28. In the 16th verse, it said, The eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when but some doubted, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now let me ask you a question. Can, if, if, if a God doesn't have power, how could it be a God? Jesus is not just claiming all power here on earth. He said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. All power. So if there is another God someplace, which some theologians or uh, some people try to make you believe that Jesus was a little God, second, he's like God Jr., then all of a sudden he, he, he strips all the power away from any other God because he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now you remember this, Jesus had now he had risen from the dead and he, he, he's ready to, to go away and, and prepare a place for it. But he now is claiming something that he didn't claim before because before they tried to touch him and handle him and try to worship him. And he said, why are you worshiping me? I'm a man just like you. But now he's, he's finished the sacrificial work. He's done with what he came to do. And he's now able to claim all power. He said, it's all mine now. I've done what I came to do. 
I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be on the throne. I'm going to rule and reign. I'm coming back here. I mean, all of these things are, are, are in, it's in the plan of God, the thought, the logos of God, the expression of God. Amen. I'm coming back. He said, so all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, because I have all power, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. Now notice that word name. He doesn't say names or titles. He said baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You think it doesn't have, that name doesn't have power? What Peter did on the day of Pentecost, I've heard people literally say, I've heard preachers stand in pulpits that don't really have a full uh, revelation of who Jesus is, stand in pulpits and say, Peter didn't do what Jesus said to do. Well, yes, he did do what Jesus said to do. He did exactly. Because Jesus said, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of people today that are putting people into a baptismal tank and they're dipping them under the water. Thank God for that. But they're not calling the name. They're saying, I now baptize you in the, in the Father, in, a, in the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Those are titles. Those are representative titles. Those are not the name. Amen. And G, what Simon Peter did on the day of Pentecost was exactly what Jesus said to do. You be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. Father is the, is the title that God was at the beginning of all things. He's the Father of all creation. He's the Father of us all. Of everything that is. He said, baptize in, in the name of the Father and of the Son. He, he's, he, it's the, the Son was the title that God came as the Son to, for our redemption. He was the Son in redemption. But it's still a representative title. It's not His name. And Jesus said in John 14, I am coming back and my Father... He, he said, the Holy Ghost is coming in my name. Did He not say that? Baptize them in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is saying, everything that I represent on the face of this earth, I was the Father in creation. I'm the Son in redemption. I'm the Holy Ghost in regeneration. But it's all in the name. And if you're not baptized in the name, then you don't have the power that, rests, that resides in that name. We've got to have the name. I want the name of Jesus. I'm not going to argue against it. I don't even comprehend why tens of thousands of people that call themselves Christians argue about being baptized in the name of Jesus. There is no other name. Peter said it in, in Acts 4. There, neither is there salvation in any other. Amen. Paul, one of the greatest writers of the New Testament, talked about the power of the name. He said in Colossians 3.17, and I'm going fast here, Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Both Peter and Paul preached salvation only through the name of Jesus. Peter, I already quoted to you from Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. In Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching in Cornelius' house, and he's preaching about the power of the Holy Ghost and about how God came uh, to this world. Amen. And while he's preaching to them, while he's preaching to them, in verse 45 of Acts chapter 10, 
They of the circumcision which... No, while Peter yet spake these words in verse 44, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, the Jews which believed, were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also is poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Listen to what Peter says. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? He says, any of you got a problem with these guys, these Gentiles being baptized? They just got the Holy Ghost just like we did. And they got to stand up and say no, or, or they, they realize, you see, these, these are Jews in a, in, a, in a setting where they weren't supposed to be. They're not supposed to be here in these Gentiles' homes. But he said, I'll tell you, guys, if you, can, you can't argue with this. That what just happened here just happened. And, and so... Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the, what? Name of the Lord. And prayed they him to tarry certain days. Paul's preaching in, in Acts chapter 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not heard so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the what? Name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul laid his hands on them and they got the Holy Ghost. Guess what? There is no other name that can save you. There's no name that you can call on that will heal you. There's no other name that you can call on that will deliver, that will comfort, that will strengthen. That name of Jesus holds all of the power for your salvation. Amen. There is no other name. There is no other name that you can... I, I, we can name our children anything we want to. We can, we can name names from now until Jesus comes. But let me tell you something. There is no name like the name of Jesus. It's all about the name of Jesus. That's what the angels said. They told Mary, said, call his name Jesus. They told the, go see that one in the, in the manger. Amen. He's your, he's your Messiah. Let me tell you something. Don't, stand with me. Don't let anybody tell you anything differently. There is no other name. There is no name like the name of Jesus. And in our, the day that we live in, there are a lot of prognosticators. There's a lot of, and I'm going to say it, false theologians that are preaching things that are contrary to the Scriptures. Paul said in Colossians 2 and 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. In Him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. Hallelujah. All that God was, the Logos, the expression, the thoughts, the words, everything that God was, was in that body. What a name. What a name. Jesus is the name that's above all names. Man, I am so glad. You know, we stand here in, in the month of December uh, on this day celebrating. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't wait till the 25th to celebrate his birth. In fact, I celebrate it all year round. But, uh, but we, you know, this, if the focus this month is on 
the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. I, it's, it's, I get excited. You know, I, I say this every year. I, I, I get excited because I know some people, they don't want to see lights and trees and all that stuff, I, whether you do or whether you don't. The only thing that, that really gets me, though, is the fact that every other time of the year, you know, they'll throw up a few lights here or a few decorations for this or that. But, man, it, earlier in the year, every year, they... I, you know, the de devil is playing right into the hand of this. I mean, every year we start celebrating earlier and earlier, Christmas time. Thank God that this world starts to focus. We, my wife and I went to a high school uh, concert last night at our niece's uh, uh, high school. And they, the songs, I'd say probably 80% of the songs were about Jesus in a high school. I mean, a, a choir that was almost 500 voices of of young people singing and part of the Des Moines Orchestra and they're singing songs about Jesus and about the birth of our Savior and about how Jesus came to this earth. I'm thinking, I'm looking at my wife, uh, we're looking around thinking, man, this is in high school, it's not in a church. You know, the devil's tried to quiet our schools down and say, don't talk about Jesus, you can't have this, you can't talk about Jesus in schools. Well, I'm going to tell you, you can't, you can't shut up about Jesus. I mean, we're going to celebrate him, amen. I'm thankful. I, 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 when I drive down the streets and see all the colored lights, I think this is, we're celebrating somebody's birth. Amen. It, it's, I, you know, you, talk, you say what you want to and be bah humbug if you want to, but I think we're celebrating something, and I, I enjoy it. I think, man, go on, world. You may not even know what, what you're celebrating, but this is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he came? But I'm glad about the power in his name, the wonderful power in the name of Jesus. Amen.